You're listening to the Baseball Prospect Journal Podcast. Here is your host, Dan Zielinski. Welcome back to the Baseball Prospect Journal Podcast. I'm Dan Zielinski, founder and national writer at BaseballProspectJournal.com. You can find all of my draft content, including content on the 2023 draft and the upcoming 2024 draft on BaseballProspectJournal.com. I've interviewed and written stories on a bunch of these top draft prospects, including numerous picks by the Brewers. You can already find my follow-up interview and story on Mike Bovey, the Brewers' second-round pick at BaseballProspectJournal.com. I touched base with him just over a week ago to talk about his draft experience, what it was like, that process, what his excitement level is, to join the Milwaukee Brewers organization. So definitely check out that story. And now, the 2023 MLB draft has come and gone. Now it is time to look ahead to 2024. But before we do that, let's take a look back at what the Brewers did in the 2023 draft. The Brewers had one of the most successful drafts of this cycle, something that we frankly really don't ever say about the Milwaukee Brewers, but this year they really hit it out of the park, drafting quality college players that have slightly higher floors, but even some upside, and then also going after some high-level high school talent, which really has not been an area the Brewers have targeted in recent drafts. They've preferred those safer players, but this year the Brewers went after some guys that obviously have some risks when we're talking about the high school demographic, whether that's hitters or especially pitchers, the Brewers definitely went after some guys, especially on day three, and we'll get to that. But overall, the Brewers had a really successful draft. I'm really impressed with what they did, and I think they're a big winner when it comes to the draft this year. Obviously, time will tell to see how these picks play out and how they perform and if they ended up panning out. But right now, on paper, the Brewers had an exceptional draft. Obviously, it started with them going after Brock Wilkin, the third baseman from Wake Forest. Big body, big power-hitting right-handed hitter, third baseman, a guy who should stick at that position long-term. Still would like to see him improve on his lateral movements but overall someone I think who can stick at that position really elite right-handed power ability to drive the baseball to all fields needs to improve on his swing and miss a little bit more but you never want to draft for need in the baseball draft and I don't think this was a case for the Brewers drafting for need but they were able to address a position in third base that they really haven't drafted a lot of and frankly it's been a significant need for the organization for some time now so to get a quality third baseman was definitely a great start for the Brewers they then followed that up by taking a high school right-handed pitcher Josh Noth who is out of the New York high school ranks and he's a really talented pitcher that a lot of teams were buzzing about because of his potential 6'1", 190-pound right-hander, mid to high 90s fastball, tight three-quarters arm slot, a guy that really just fits well in the Brewers' pitching development system. He's a analytics darling, if you want to call him that, because the analytics love his pitch mix and what he's able to do. So I think once he's in a professional development system, the Brewers can really develop him into a quality pitcher. Their third pick was Mike Bovey. Like I mentioned earlier, I've interviewed Mike numerous times. Great guy, great player, and he's a third baseman out of Omaha College, 
player, and he's a guy with a high floor. You're going to get some ceiling, too, because I think there's some power to tap into. But right now, left-handed hitter, guy known for being able to drive the ball into the gaps, doesn't strike out, and also presents some position versatility defensively. Played a lot at third base at Omaha, but is a guy that sounds like he's going to get some time at second base and third base to start his pro career. I think he could also handle first base or left field if he's asked to do that. I think his skill set fits that. So the Brewers on day one had a solid, decent draft. None of the guys kind of jump off the page, but they're all quality players. And then once we got to day two, that's when the excitement started and they were able to draft Eric Batanti, California prep shortstop. And then in the sixth round, they drafted Cooper Pratt, a prep shortstop from Mississippi, a guy some teams thought was really going to be a difficult sign. And turns out the Brewers drafted him and signed him. So really, that's the highlight of the Brewers draft. That's the exciting part of what the Brewers were able to do on draft day was get those two guys because I think the upside in Batanti and Cooper Pratt is unbelievable. I think those two guys could be steals of the draft. Both guys had second round grades and to get Batanti in the third round and then Cooper Pratt in the sixth round were really home runs. They only signed Batanti to a $1.75 million signing bonus. That's about in line where I thought he'd be. I thought he'd be maybe a slightly higher, but overall pretty good deal. And then Cooper Pratt, I thought was a steal. $1.35 million signing bonus. This is a guy who is one of the best prep hitters in this year's draft class. He's a guy who is going to stick at shortstop long term. Six foot four, 200 pounds, well rounded player, offensively right handed hitter who has quality bat to ball skills and really good strike zone awareness. Able to make quick, hard contact to all parts of the field. He'll grow into more power as he matures and just continues to get older. And then defensively, an above average defender with strong instincts. Really quality athleticism, really good arm strength. Like I said, he's a guy who's going to stick at shortstop long term. So to get Cooper Pratt in the sixth round and then for only $1.35 million, that's a home run. That's a steal. That's probably the biggest steal in this year's draft is getting Cooper Pratt because, again, second round talent, a guy drawing some first round interest too at the back end of the first round to get him here in the sixth round, and for only $1.35 million, that's a steal. The Brewers draft is going to be defined on how Batanti and Cooper Pratt do. Obviously, if a lot of guys end up panning out, it's going to be a successful draft, but the headliners in this year's draft are Batanti and Pratt. And the Brewers also added some other guys, some intriguing pitchers on day two, but really then kind of the intrigue starts on day three. The Brewers Overall, just looking at their draft class, really hit it out of the park. And from a signing bonus perspective, really capitalized on every penny they had in the draft. The Brewers were able to sign five intriguing high school pitchers, all from day three on the last day of the signing period, which was yesterday, for just over $2 million. That kept them just $29 short of exceeding their bonus pool allotment by more than 5%. If they would have exceeded their bonus pool allotment by more than 5%, they would have started losing draft picks. So 
to get the amount of talent they did in this year's draft class and be right under that allotment, which they obviously were going to stay under. They weren't going to go over that. But to get so close and be able to sign this much talent is unbelievable. I did not expect the Brewers to sign some of the guys they did from day three. And then to get them all done on the final day of the signing period was extremely impressive too. Obviously, it starts first with their 11th round pick, six foot four, 170 pound right-handed pitcher out of Indiana, high school kid Bishop Letson, who is extremely projectable. He's extremely athletic on the mound, still pretty raw from a development standpoint. Someone who definitely has some room to grow, and I think he's going to thrive in a professional development system. His fastball was up to 94 miles an hour with high spin rates and late movement. He's got good feel for a slider. Needs to develop a little bit more consistency with that pitch, but overall, it's a really good strikeout pitch. And then has shown some feel for a changeup. That's a pitch that over the last year has made strides and gotten better too. He's a data-friendly pitcher who throws strikes, and Bishop Letson overall is just a late bloomer, someone that's really kind of rose onto the scene over the last year, was D1 prospect before this past year, but is someone that, from a draft perspective, really improved his stock over the last year. So that was a terrific signing. They didn't even sign him for $500,000. He was just under that. So to get a quality prep arm, a guy that if money, signability wasn't a concern, he's probably a top five, top seven round talent. So to get him in the 11th round is extremely impressive. I thought the Brewers, if they could sign either their 11th round pick in Bishop Letson or their 12th round pick in Bjorn Johnson, the left-handed prep pitcher out of Washington. I thought if they could get one of those guys signed, that would be great. They managed to get both of them signed. And they only signed Johnson for 420000 but another intriguing high school arm, 6'3", 200-pound lefty, who throws from kind of a unique arm slot, more of a sidearm type of delivery, but has great feel for his three-pitch mix. Fastball touches 92 miles an hour. His best pitch is, frankly, probably his changeup right now and also mixes in a slurve. Really intriguing arm to get him here in the 12th round for under 500000 Great guy to kind of roll the dice on and see what you could get in Johnson. If you hit here, he's either a high-end reliever or a starting pitcher down the line in the major leagues if he makes it that far. The Brewers also added another high school right-handed pitcher. They also added a high school shortstop from day three on the last day of the signing period. But the one guy that kind of stands out to me, in addition to Letson and Johnson, is their 20th rounder. Someone I didn't think the Brewers had a chance to sign. I thought chances were extremely slim. Power 5 commit in Justin Chambers, a left-handed pitcher, 6'2", 212-pound lefty out of Arizona. He's a guy this year who's been recovering from Tommy John surgery, so he really didn't have a chance to go out and enhance his draft stock. Someone most expected to honor his commitment to Arizona State, go there for three years, improve as a pitcher, improve as a prospect, and then re-enter the draft. But instead, the Brewers are able to sign Chambers and get him locked in for about $550,000. He was the largest signing bonus dollars on day three. And again, the Brewers added five high potential 
high school guys from day three and I think that speaks volumes to the guys they have doing the draft the people they have doing the contracts everything like that I mean it's a team effort to get these five guys signed the area scouts obviously knowing kind of signability but even after selecting them developing that relationship even more and figuring out what it's going to take the Brewers from a signing bonus allotment did a great job managing that this year and I thought if they could sign three maybe four guys from day three that would be great I think that would have been fine I wasn't expecting any more instead they signed the five high school guys plus two college guys from day three they got seven of their draft picks on day three signed so that's huge adds a lot of talent to the system. And going back to Chambers, he's a guy that's really intriguing. He's got a low 90s fastball, throws in a curveball, changeup, plenty of work to be done, but I think the potential is really there to have a potential really good pitcher down the line, a good starting pitcher down the line. So we'll see how he continues to recover from Tommy John. But the potential is there with Chambers, and it's really not that big of a risk. $550,000 for a high school lefty. Definitely worth the risk. And if he pans out, you have a potential home run here in the 20th round. So overall, I really like what the Brewers were able to do in this year's draft class. They got a ton of great talent signed and into their organization. This draft class exceeded my expectations of what I thought they were going to do. They've been a team that have really stuck to up the middle, college performers, position players in the draft while also mixing in an occasional college pitcher. And this year they kind of flipped the script and really focused on high school talent with high upside. And I love it. I think it's a great strategy. Sure, you're going to strike out and picks are going to backfire at times down the line. But the upside is going to pay off. If you hit on a couple of these high school guys and they turn out to be everyday major leaguers in the future, well, that was a successful draft. So I think the Brewers will have that with Batanti and Pratt. I think those guys are primed to be everyday players in the major leagues. Shortstop for Pratt, third base probably for Batanti, and I think that could be a special left side of the infield in the future for the Brewers. And then with the amount of pitching, especially from the high school side that the Brewers added, and with the way their pitching development system has been over the last five or so years, the Brewers could have some high-level pitching prospects in a few years once these guys get acclimated to pro ball in the development system. Brewers start working with them. They get some pro innings under their belt. Well, it will be fun to see how these guys progress throughout the next couple of years and how long it takes some of these guys to get to the major leagues. But either way, on paper, the Brewers killed the draft. They did a great job and really had a lot of success, I think, overall. I think they're one of the biggest winners, if not the biggest winner, from the 2023 MLB draft. This year, it was a fun draft cycle. I managed to interview a lot of these top guys and profiled them on my website. You can check all that out. I've already started to cover the 2024 draft. I've interviewed 
Tyson Neighbors, he's a closer from Kansas State, one of the best relief pitching prospects in the 2024 draft class, guy who could be a potential early round pick in the 2024 draft, so definitely go check out that story. I've also written a couple stories highlighting the top players on the prep side and college side, top prospects for the 2024 draft, and did a top 10 mock draft the 2024 draft's got a lot of talent a lot of parity and it's gonna be fun to see over the next year how it all plays out but i'm excited for the 2024 draft 2023 was a great year for prospects one of the best drafts we've had in a long time so being able to interview write stories on 85 of the top prospects was great go check out those stories really enjoyed it and looking forward to providing you the reader with more content for 2024. So a lot of exciting things are happening at baseballprospectjournal.com. Definitely check out our website. Follow us on Twitter at the BP Journal. You can also follow me on Twitter at DanZelinski3. We're going to really get going here with the 2024 coverage soon. Starting to ramp up here in the next month or so. So stay tuned to the website. Check it out. And we appreciate you reading and listening to this podcast. So thanks again for tuning in to the Baseball Prospect Journal podcast. I'm Dan Zielinski, founder and national writer at BaseballProspectJournal.com, and we'll talk to you next week.